breaking news. It appears to have stopped snowing at Cowboy State Politics Northern Command. Actually, the long-range forecast looks pretty good. It's supposed to be in the 60s in a couple of days. Don't get too excited. Every time we have one of these spring storms, it warms up pretty fast, and then all over the state there's flooding. So right now you actually have some time to prepare, so please make sure that you do that. Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. From high above all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Earlier this week, the 2023 Wyo-Rhino scores came out. If you're unfamiliar with what that is, it's another ratings website. This one works a little bit different, though, than Evidence-Based Wyoming or WyoVote. What they do is they pick 10 bills, and then they score them as to whether or not that bill is in line with the Republican Party platform. And then they apply that rubric to each of our legislators and assign a score to them as to their level of support for our platform. 100% being good, zero meaning that you're really a Democrat. It should come as absolutely no surprise that 31 members of the House of Representatives came in with a score of far less than 80% of the platform. And the same holds true for the Wyoming Senate. So the purpose of Wyo-Rhino is to show you how each legislator lines up with a political party. And so, because Wyoming is a supermajority Republican state, it makes sense to rate how our legislators align with the Republican Party platform. If they get a really low score, like Representative Landon Brown's whopping 10%, well, we can infer that 90% of the time he sides with the Democrat view of the world. By the way, and in case you're counting, it's been 803 days since Landon Brown agreed to an interview on Cowboys State Politics and then didn't show up. This segment of the program is brought to you by New Trend Hats. Have you looked outside in the last couple of days? Eh, well, yeah, it snowed. A lot. And that means you're going to have to get outside in it and shovel. There's nothing worse than having cold ears while you're doing that. To prevent that unfortunate circumstance, you should go to NewTrendHats.com and pick out a hat to keep those ears of yours nice and toasty warm. That's New Trend Hats. The first thing you'll notice when you log into WyoRhino.com is a sea of red ink. If your legislator's name shows up in red on this website, it means, according to them, they're a rhino. Or, in the language of Cowboy State Politics, or in the language of Cowboy State Politics, a Union Jack-waving redcoat. The whole reasoning behind me choosing the term redcoat for all of these lying Republicans is, being a historian, that's the biggest insult that I could come up with. In other words, you're not supporting the principles behind the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution. In many cases, a lot of these people are trying to change both of them. All of those names that appear in red, like Representative former Redcoat Speaker of the House Steve Harshman, who comes in at a dismal 20%, consistently votes for big government. He espouses Democrat ideas, like the only people that benefit from tax cuts are the wealthy. And then there's Representative Jerry Obermuller, 
Now, while he's a delightful fellow when you talk to him, he only scores a 10% on this. And in fact, he votes against just about every single Republican ideal that he has the opportunity to. The irony being in all of this is that some of these folks actually believe that they really are conservative Republicans. Like Representative Martha Lawley, who consistently refers to herself as a conservative Republican. She scored a 30% according to Wyo Rhino. That's the platform. And according to evidence-based Wyoming, Representative Lawley votes with the Democrats 87.76% of the time. According to WyoVote, which those, those results will officially be out later on this week, she ranks number 47th out of 62. Just to give you an idea of how conservative Martha Lolly is not, the person directly above her, more conservative than she, is Representative Jerry Obermuller, the guy that scored 10% according to Wyo Rhino. And Speaker of the House Albert Somers, he scored 10% in his adherence to the Republican Party platform. And just to give you a little comparison, on 85% of the votes in the Wyoming House, Albert Somers is with the Democrats. His counterpart on the other end of the hallway, Senate President Ogden Driscoll, scored 13%. And as you might imagine, according to WyoVote, Senator Ogden Driscoll is the 25th out of 31 legislators on the old list of conservatism. The truth is, with every legislator that was elected in the state of Wyoming, if they tell you that they're a conservative, your immediate reply should be, prove it. Because more than likely, the people that have to tell you that they're a conservative are the ones that are the least conservative. They're the folks that vote for bigger government, higher taxes, less individual liberty, tremendously more spending, and they're also the folks that have to spin their votes to you and explain why they voted the way that they did. You really don't see Wyoming conservatives doing that a whole lot because they don't have to. Conservatives vote the way that they told you they were going to while they were standing on your front porch trying to convince you to vote for them. So all three of these ratings websites are in existence to show you that the folks that you vote for really are not doing what they told you they were going to when they get to Cheyenne. In most cases, they do the exact opposite. It's called accountability. And that's something that all of these redcoats absolutely despise because they're the, they're the type of folks that think that they know better about how to run your life than you do. That's the, that's the exact reason why they voted against House Bill 66. That's the one that would have prevented mask and vaccine mandates. That's also the reason why they wouldn't allow the Parental Bill of Rights to be debated on the House floor because they think that they know better than how to run your life than you do. To give you some perspective on exactly how low the bar is to be considered a Republican by Wyo Rhino, is that if you score 70% or above, you're considered to be a Republican. The least offensive out of all of these characters is Senator Dave Kinski from Sheridan and Johnson County. He's my senator. Lucky him. He scores a 67%. So, three points below actually being considered a Republican. According to evidence-based Wyoming, he votes with the Republicans 66% of the time. And WyoVote has him as the 17th most conservative senator out of 31. However, Dave Kinski is also the reason that we couldn't get a ban on mask and vaccine mandates during the special session. 
He almost single-handedly torpedoed every bill that would have expanded individual liberty during the special session. He's the reason why we don't have a ban on mask and vaccine mandates. Well, until this session, anyhow. This time around, you can blame Poisonberry Crago for adding a poison pill to House Bill 66 and thus ensuring its demise. But I digress. So when you look at the big picture, all you have to do is be slightly more in favor of individual liberty and you'll score above the 70% mark on Wyo Rhino. That should tell you a lot about the rest of the legislators that didn't even come close to the 70% mark. Which kind of begs the question, why are they registered Republicans in the first place? They very clearly don't believe in the party platform, nor can you really expect them to vote on any conservative measure. The answer to that question is pretty simple. Being a registered Republican is the only way that they could get elected. In other words, lying about who they are. Well, anyhow, these three ratings websites, Wyo Rhino, Evidence-Based Wyoming, and WyoVote, are incredible tools to hold your legislators accountable for what they told you. And you should absolutely use them for that. I've put a link to all three of these ratings indexes on the show content tab at cowboystatepolitics.com. So you've got them all in one spot and you just have one link to click on. Now, as I mentioned, WyoVote won't officially release their results until probably later on this week. So you'll have to wait a few days for those. Moving on. Yesterday... For the first time in our nation's history, a former president of the United States was indicted. It used to be in America that we didn't weaponize our criminal justice system for our political opponents. That was something that only happened in third world banana republics. In those types of places, if you wanted to get ahead in politics, you need only to throw your opponent in jail or have them killed. That happens often enough also. For as long as I can remember, one of the chief complaints against Vladimir Putin is if he didn't like what a journalist was doing, he would just have them poisoned. That, or have them thrown off the nearest high building. It wasn't that long ago in Saudi Arabia where a journalist was butchered. Those types of things happen in countries that are nations of men, monarchies and dictatorships and those types of places. Our country was set up to be different than all of those places that we were to be a nation of laws and not of men, that we could handle our differences with words, and that if we didn't like whoever was running our country, we'd simply vote them out. Everybody is endowed by their creator with certain rights, and all of those rights are equal, equal before the law. In 1850, Frederic Bastiat wrote a short work entitled The Law. Basically, he said that the main purpose of government is to protect individual liberty, individual rights, what our country was founded upon. He wrote, If such proof is needed, look at the United States in 1850. There is no country in the world where the law is kept more within its proper domain, the protection of every person's liberty and property. As a consequence of this, there appears to be no country in the world where the social order rests on a firmer foundation. After what happened yesterday, do you think that that's still true? I don't know how you could possibly argue that it is. The Fifth Amendment to the Constitution says, No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on the presentment or indictment of a grand jury. There very clearly was a grand jury, and they say they have an indictment. But what does it mean to indict? 
To Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Indict. To accuse or charge with a crime or misdemeanor in writing by a grand jury under oath. If there's anybody who knows what that word indictment in the Constitution means, it's Noah Webster. He was present when the Constitution was written, debated, and he signed it. So don't tell me there's some new definition of what the word indictment means. So what is the crime that President Trump is being accused of? There isn't one listed in the indictment. What is the crime? Why was he hauled into court yesterday? Now certainly, President Trump is no different than you or I. If we were accused of a crime and indicted, we would be entitled to know what crime it is that we're being asked to account for. But there isn't a crime listed on the indictment. The only thing it says is that he paid off a porn star so that she would keep her mouth shut about some affair that he had or may not have had. That is absolutely not a crime. It happens every single day in America. It's called a non-disclosure agreement. So then ask yourself, are we still a nation of laws? Or have we drifted off into banana republic territory and become a nation of men? Where those people who disagree with your politics simply just have to have you arrested and hauled into court to silence you. Is that what we have become? Are we so invested in our own political ideologies that we will stop at nothing to achieve them? Up to and including shredding the United States Constitution. Considering what happened yesterday, that is exactly what we have become. At least in New York, anyway. And what about the Sixth Amendment? In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed. Do you think that President Trump can get an impartial jury in the city of New York? Do you think the judge is impartial? Well, I don't. And I don't think that any honest person could think so either. And what about all the people that are being held without trial for what they did or didn't do on January 6th? Whether or not they were rioters and destroyed the Capitol is irrelevant. They, too, have constitutional rights, just like you and me. At this point, they are the very definition of political prisoners. Another country that did and is still doing the exact same thing is Soviet Russia under Joseph Stalin and Vladimir Putin. Is that what our conception of the law has turned into? Well, after yesterday's events, it certainly looks that way. My friends, we have to set our country right. We have to stop being lazy Americans and actually get out and vote and put the people in office who will uphold the Constitution. Frankly, at this point, I'd settle for someone who could actually read it. I have to tell you, my friends, I am very disappointed by what I saw yesterday. You should be too. The only thing that we can do is get off our hind ends and do something about it. Now, I realize that we here in Wyoming don't have a whole heck of a lot of influence on what happens in our nation's capital, in any other state, and certainly not in New York City. But what we can do is fix our own state and make sure that this sort of stuff never happens in the state of Wyoming. And that starts with electing the right people. People who aren't going to lie to us about who they are and then try to explain to us why they voted against exactly what we told them to do. It all begins on finding out who the people in office actually are. And fortunately for you, you have cowboy state politics to help educate you. After the break, we're going to do exactly that. 
Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by the Buffalo Wool Company. Your feet are perhaps one of the most important things to you on a daily basis. You're not going to get around without them, and you should really take care of them. The best way that you could do that is to put a pair of socks from the Buffalo Wool Company on them. They'll keep you warm in the winter and dry in the summer. Trust me, these are the most amazing socks that you're ever going to wear. Well, you can find a pair at thebuffalowoolco.com. Go there now. No, no, wait, wait, don't do that. Finish this episode and then go get you a pair of socks. Have you been thinking about a building for your property? Whether it's an outbuilding or a garage or a barn or a roping arena or maybe a giant warehouse for your business, the two guys that you should talk to are Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. Their phone number is 307-674-2532. They're the experts in metal building construction. They've been doing it longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else. So it doesn't really matter what type of building that you've got in mind. Give Nick and Jesse a call, and they'll handle all the details. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. Right now is the highest we've ever seen gun markets, and the best performers are the vintage collectible firearms, Winchesters, Colts, and rare military weapons. Over in Cody, Gunrunner Auctions is one of the nation's leading online auction houses, and they're celebrating their 24th year. Every month, beginning on the 7th, they post 500 fine firearms for sale, and you're not going to find a better selection anywhere else. All of the auctions start at $20 with no reserve. They also have a pretty good selection of hard-to-find ammunition, so it doesn't matter if you're looking for a firearm or ammunition or a gun accessory. Go check out GunRunnerAuctions.com. And now, back to the program. The liberal establishment in Wyoming has been able to operate pretty much with impunity for a very long time. The truth is, politically, Wyoming has not been a Republican state from the very beginning. It's true that Republicans do have a supermajority in our legislature, but that doesn't mean they all vote that way. Steve Harshman from Casper has been in the House of Representatives for 20 years. During those two decades, he's voted with the Democrats over 80% of the time each and every year. It's hard to imagine that if Wyoming citizens knew about his voting record that they would ever vote for him again. But yet, each and every year he wins re-election. In the 2022 election, he faced more opposition than he ever had in his political career, and he still eked out a win by a little bit more than 100 votes. But as we all know in politics, a win is a win. The question is, how have all of these people been able to be so successful in a state that most of us think is pretty conservative? It's the Wyoming media that covers for them. As a general rule, the media in the United States is decidedly liberal. And that is absolutely true in Wyoming. Ask yourself, when is the last time that you read an article that was critical of any of the members of the Wyoming liberal establishment? When's the last time? The only example you can probably come up with is the sheriff's investigation into Representative Cyrus Western and Bill Novotny. But even though they reported on it, 
they tried to cover as much as they could for our good pal Cyrus. There's nothing to see here. Please move along. Or take, for example, the front page of this morning's Pravda on the Plat, uh, Casper Star Tribune. In big, bold letters, it says Trump faces 34 felony charges, and the very first paragraph says, and I quote, Donald Trump conspired to illegally influence the 2016 election through a series of hush money payments designed to silence claims that he feared would be harmful to his candidacy, New York prosecutors said Tuesday in unsealing a historic 34-count felony indictment. End quote. Nowhere in the article does it say what law President Trump broke. How exactly is writing a check through a non-disclosure agreement a violation of the law? Where is that written down? What statute was violated? Well, there isn't one. But the Casper Star Tribune is not going to tell you that. Here's another part of it. Quote, The payments were part of an unlawful plan to identify and suppress negative information that could have undermined his campaign for president. End quote. How exactly is it unlawful? Well, it's not. As unseemly as it may be, it is absolutely not a crime to pay off a porn star to keep quiet. It's an out-of-court settlement. It happens every day in this country. And there are examples of the exact same thing within the law. Somebody brings a lawsuit, and the two parties decide that they're going to settle the case without getting the judge involved in the terms of the agreement. Really, this is a case of show me the man and I'll find you the crime. It's a complete inversion of what Bastiat was talking about in his book, The Law. If you own the media, you can get away with just about anything. But that's all national politics. What about things that happen right here in our home state of Wyoming? There's been no shortage of political scandal. Take, for example, Cyrus Western. Now, while most media outlets did report on Cyrus, they tried to cover for him as best they could. And what about Steve Harshman and him and his homophobic slur on the floor of the house? Or Dan Zwanitzer, where he very blatantly gerrymandered his new house into his old district? And then there's Bill Novotny. Now, they had to report on that one because he got caught driving drunk. But what you didn't hear in the paper is he drove on the wrong side of the interstate for approximately 30 miles, was eluding police with an open container. In any other state, that would have most likely ended his political career. But in Wyoming? Well, he was elected as the chairman of the Wyoming County Commissioners Association. They must have appreciated his prowess in avoiding the law. And now you can add another one to it, Carly Provenza. Over the weekend, she posted a meme on her Twitter account that read, Antifa says, protect trans folks against fascists and bigots, along with a picture of an older lady holding what appears to be an AK-47. Had it been a conservative that posted such a thing, we wouldn't hear the end of it until probably three weeks from now. But that wasn't the worst of it. Numerous school districts on Monday had an active shooter swatting call called into them, and all of those school districts were placed on lockdown. Now, I don't think that we can claim that Carly Provenza posting that dumb thing on Twitter necessarily caused all of those swatting calls, but we can't be certain that it didn't. At the very least, it's a giant coincidence. Her tweet made national media... The Blaze, Gateway Pundit, Fox News, and others, they all picked up the story. At 5.03 p.m. on Monday, the Wyoming Legislative Service Office's officer, Ryan Frost, released a statement from Speaker of the House, Albert Somers. The first paragraph opens with, quote, 
Yesterday, I was made aware of a post on social media by Representative Carly Provenza, which appeared to advocate for the use of firearms to protect trans folks against fascists and bigots. The implication that violence is necessary to solve political differences has no place in the Wyoming legislature. I strongly and unequivocally condemn this type of attitude on social media or otherwise. As Speaker of the House, I have held that civility towards each other is the mechanism to ensure we can work together. And then there's the second paragraph, quote, I have also been made aware of threats to kill or harm Representative Provenza because of her social media post. The issuance of death threats against an elected official in any context or anyone else is reprehensible and unlawful. Again, there's simply no room in the legislative sphere for use of fear and threatened violence. The one thing that Speaker of the House Albert Somers' statement does not mention is the numerous schools across the state that were placed in lockdown because of swatting calls. Now again, those swatting calls may have been just coincidental, but it's an awfully big coincidence, don't you think? To be clear, for once I agree with Albert Somers, there's no place for any threats of violence. We don't live in a country that solves our differences through the barrel of a gun. We solve our differences through words, debate, and the law. Really, there's no difference between the meme that Carly Provenza posted on Twitter and any alleged threats of violence to her or her family or anyone else. The two are exactly the same. The only difference is one was a picture and apparently one was an email or some other communication. But they're both threats of violence and both of them are wrong. Here's where the media comes in. To the Cowpie, in an article posted April 3rd by Leo Trotsky-Wolfson, and I quote, State Representative Carly Provenza apologized Monday afternoon for a controversial meme she shared on her personal social media accounts that drew national backlash, including reported death threats. The meme she reshared Saturday depicts an elderly woman holding a rifle with a scope and the words Antifa says, protect trans folks against fascists and bigots. The name Antifa is a homonym for Antifa, a left-wing anti-fascist political group. Quote, I apologize for failing to recognize the potential impact of my actions on social media, which have contributed to inflammatory and distracting online discourse, Provenza said in a Facebook statement. Especially in these divisive times, we must always maintain focus on working toward collaborative solutions to the problems facing our state and its residents. End quote. If Wolfson left it at that, that would be fine. But in true cowpie fashion, he goes on to attempt to make Representative Provenza a victim and try to legitimize what she was trying to say with her meme. From the article, and I quote, Provenza, in her Monday afternoon statement, explained the message behind the meme. Quote, arming and protecting the LGBTQ community, a group of people, she said, depend upon Second Amendment protection. There are groups organized for this cause to serve at events such as drag shows and gay pride parades, which are attended frequently by armed protesters. In 2022, authorities arrested 31 members of the white nationalist militia, including two Wyoming residents, for conspiring to attack a pride parade in Idaho. Quote, queer and trans people are disproportionately victims of violence targeted because of their sexuality and gender expression, including in Wyoming, Provenza said. End quote. Oh, I get it. So instead of criticizing her for an absolutely inappropriate post on social media, when she is an elected member of our legislature, 
Leah Wolfson goes on to let her give a statement about how she actually supports Second Amendment rights and how transgender people are disproportionately affected by violence. How about some examples? I don't know if the two are related at all, but I can point to thousands of Wyoming school children who were placed on lockdown because of swatting calls. This is a little bit different than Carly Provenza's hypothetical disproportionate acts of violence against the trans and gay community. Schools across this state had police officers with guns drawn going through them on Monday morning. That wasn't hypothetical. That happened. And let's not forget that not even one week ago, a radical transgender activist slaughtered six Christians, including three children. So no, Carly, your post on social media did not only contribute to the inflammatory and distracting online discourse. It contributed to events that actually happened, not hypothetically. Now, another question you may be asking yourself is, why exactly did Carly Provenza post that on social media? She's not that dumb to assume that there wouldn't be backlash about it. I mean, it's a pretty inflammatory post. It's not like she didn't know that a huge number of Wyoming citizens would be really offended by it. She posted that because she was speaking to her base, the radical left. Provenza knew that once she posted that meme, that she would probably get national attention for it. And she was right. Even though Wyoming doesn't have a very large Democrat footprint, there is still a contingent of Wyoming voters that vote for candidates just like Carly Provenza. Think about it. Wyoming is widely known as the most conservative state in the country, and here you have a Democrat representative that's willing to post something like that, a call out to the national leftist activist organizations. How bold she must be. But let me throw one more thing at you. She's specifically calling out to Antifa, the radical left organization that is responsible for a tremendous amount of violence in our country over the past three years. We're not talking about people that only hold signs and protest and shout loudly. We're talking about a group that burns down police stations in half of Portland. You don't suppose that any of those Marxists saw Carly Provenza's post, do you? Yeah, you can be certain that they did. So I think it's a fair bet that Carly Provenza knew exactly what was going to happen when she posted that. She knew that half of the state would fly off the handle. She knew that the national media would attack her. And she also knew that it would boost her profile with the Democrat base across the country. So while we can't directly connect the events of Monday morning in Wyoming schools and Carly Provenza's politically motivated tweet, we can point out correlations. All of our actions have consequences, and even more so in this ever-increasingly interconnected world that we live in. Do I think that Carly Provenza meant for numerous Wyoming schools to be put in lockdown and armed police go through each and every building? No, I don't think that she meant that to happen. But it did happen. And it's pretty coincidental that it happened directly after she posted that meme on Twitter. But again, we have to know who these politicians actually are. And Carly Provenza has a long history of posting some pretty radical things on her social media accounts. Now, you might be thinking that I'm late to the party on this whole story. But shortly after this whole thing started developing, I sent Carly Provenza an email and also reached out to her on another social media platform, inviting her to come on Cowboy State Politics and issue whatever statement that she wanted to. And so I thought I would give it a day or two and see what happened. 
As you can tell, my gracious invitation was not returned. And so the party is going to go on without her. Carly Provenza has a long history of inflammatory posts on Twitter. That's her chosen social media platform. And some of them are, to say the least, shockingly bizarre. Now, before I read this first one to you, remember that most politicians are very careful, at least the smart ones are, about what they post on social media, because they know that the internet is forever. Carly Provenza is a tried-and-true abortion advocate. That's not all that surprising. If she's anything, she's definitely a Democrat. Well, not that long ago, she posted this tweet, and I'm just going to read it to you because you're not going to believe it if I try to explain it. So here we go, and I quote, At the Satanic Temple, fights for abortion access through religious freedom. For those who say it's a bad look to advocate for killing babies, is it a bad look to fight for religious freedom? End quote. That's what I said at Satanic Temple. And there's a picture of a letter that's attached to it, and it reads, quote, The Satanic Temple, Religious Reproductive Rights. The news that Roe v. Wade will likely be overturned is extremely distressing. The Satanic Temple has nevertheless positioned itself to protect religious abortion access for our members, end quote. Religious abortion access. Oh my God. After posting something from the Satanic Temple, is it really all that surprising that Carly Provenza posted yet another meme that says we need to protect trans folks from fascists and bigots with a picture of an older lady holding an AK-47? Is that really all that surprising, given what I just told you? It really shouldn't be. Now, Carly Provenza has since deleted that tweet. Fortunately, though, I have screenshots of it, which I've posted at CowboyStatePolitics.com. There was yet another post that has since been deleted that can only be described as incredibly bizarre. This one absolutely calls for killing people. Now, like I said, she's since deleted the post, but I was smart enough to rip the audio from it. Listen to this. So, condone first-degree murder. Advocate. Could you give us some of your political beliefs? Kill everyone now. Condone first-degree murder. Yes, that was posted on her Twitter account. Now, I've also put a link to a Gateway Pundit article that references this particular video that Carly Provenza posted. Given what you just heard, is it any surprise at all that Carly Provenza posted the meme that said to protect trans folks from fascists and bigots? Does that surprise you in the slightest bit? Well, it shouldn't. And she is an elected member of the Wyoming House of Representatives. You see, my friends, we have to know who these people are before we walk into the voting booth. We have to do our own research. Even if you are a Democrat in the state of Wyoming, I find it hard to believe that very many of them are in favor of everything that you just heard and what I've told you about in this episode. The truth is, there are people in our government who are radicals. Carly Provenza is one of them. The only way that you're going to know who they are is if you do your own research. Well, and if you listen to Cowboy State Politics. Well, that'll about do it for today's installment of the program. Have a good rest of your week, and we'll talk again tomorrow during Thursday's live episode that begins at 10 a.m. You can find the link at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. But for now, from the base of the Bighorns, in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics.